Welcome to the Final Girls podcast, where we explore the intersections of horror, film, and feminism. This is Anna, co-founder of the Final Girls and your podcast host. This season, we've been tracing the lineage of female monsters in horror cinema, and in each episode, I'm joined by a special guest to dive deep into a monster movie or two. This is our penultimate episode. We've got one more episode to go before we wrap up this series on the monstrous feminine. In today's episode, we're going back for another dose of sexy French cannibalism with the 2016 film Raw, which sees stringent vegetarian Justine encounter a decadent, merciless, and dangerously seductive world during her first week in vet school. Desperate to fit in, she strays from her principles and eats raw meat for the first time, which leads to her developing a craving for flesh. I don't know what it says about me that two of my favorite films from the series so far have been about French lady cannibals, but here we are. Written and directed by Julia Ducourneau, Raw was one of the breakout horror films of the last few years with people fainting in screenings. Me, I had an absolute blast with it. And I also had a great time recording with our guest for this episode, writer Mary Beth McAndrews, who joins me in discussing the joys of watching disgusting women on screen. As always, our conversation will contain spoilers from the very beginning. Consider to see a spoiler warning and also go watch Raw. Mary Beth, welcome to the podcast. It's so it's so lovely to actually sort of kind of meet you. I know it's lovely. Um, I love finally talking to people that exist on Twitter because it's like, oh, you're a real person, and <laughs> I love your work, and it's cool just to act like we like have meeting in person. It's just very nice. I love it, and I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited that you picked this film, which I not gonna lie, absolutely adore, obsessed oh with. God. Um. <laughs> could not love it more when it came out. <laughs> what is your relationship with Raw? When did you see it first? And has your opinion on it changed since you rewatched it? Yeah, so I actually saw it in theaters when it first came out. I was so excited to see it. I saw it with my dad and his wife, which was admittedly a bad choice, <laughs> I think. Um, they didn't get it and really like it. Um, someone did walk out of the theater when she ate the finger, which was hysterical to me I don't so this guy got up and left when she ate the finger and I was so excited I actually experienced it like everyone was talking about mm. that and so I felt wow I had the real raw <laughs> experience in this <laughs> so I really enjoyed it um it's like it was something I just I love so much but it was really I watched it before I was like really into new French extremity mm-hmm. and really before I was into this kind of horror so I when I rewatched it again last night for the first time actually i just fell even more in love with it like it is such a beautiful disgusting amazing movie about women who are kind of feral and i love movies where women are feral and disgusting and like letting women be disgusting and it's just oh my god it's just amazing i love it so much (laughs) (laughs) um and it's interesting that you describe it kind of about as about women who are feral and a bit disgusting these words never thought they would come out of my mouth. What about this film about women eating human flesh makes it disgusting? <laughs> well, I mean, the idea of cannibalism is already so taboo and disgusting. And I think it's really cool 
seems like the wrong word, but it's really <laughs> interesting to see it put in this context mm. of like kind of sexual awakening and the kind of ways that women are seen as becoming like rabid or crazy on their like when they're becoming women, but like putting it as cannibalism and having these young women really like experience something that's known as disgusting. But, you know, like the scene mm. where she eats the finger is one of my favorite scenes of all time. That sounds gross, but it's like it's framed like a sexual awakening, like mm -hmm. her first time having sex. And I think there's something so cool about taking these conceptions about women and purity and expectations and just taking it to a, a totally other extreme where they're covered in blood. Mm -hmm. And so when I say disgusting, I think I love that word. I think being disgusting is amazing, especially because women in a lot of horror movies aren't really allowed to be disgusting. Mm -hmm. Like they are the one, they are the victims, like they're covered in blood, but it's usually someone else's blood or their own blood from cuts, but they're never like given the permission to really let go. And I think that's happening a lot more in horror, but Raw is just really an amazing example of a director letting her characters just go all out and just like embrace the kind of wild, rabid side of themselves. So what do you make of our protagonist, of Justine? Oh, Justine. So I ha <laughs> she's she seems so much younger than mm -hmm. she actually is. Um, something that I really noticed this time about her is that she there's like this really, really intense shift. Like after she um, she takes a shower after she bites the guy's lip. And she just jumps into bed with her roommate and smokes a joint, which is like something we've never really seen from her. Like she's always yeah. very timid, very scared. And there's this really interesting shift in her that immediately it's just like she literally tastes blood and mm -hmm. she becomes a whole other person. And so I really liked that kind of, again, this it's not sex that is her awakening. It's eating meat. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so fascinating, like that shift that happens in her. And I love the, I love her like kind of very meek beginning and then like that meekness which is like so you know you get it you're in college for the first time and then it transforms into eating like raw chicken mm -hmm. and it's just i don't know i think i really appreciate that kind of shift of taking someone especially in contrast with her sister mm -hmm. who's like a wild child so i love that you bring up the kind of her journey from sort of meek good sister compared to Alexia, her sister, who is already kind of a wild child, like you mentioned. But it's these two parties that she goes to. So the first one where we see her, where she's sort of pushed into it and dragged into it and everything is disorienting and very loud and everyone's taking drugs and making out. And she's kind of like, what am I doing? Where is my sister? There's everything is kind of unsafe and weird and intense. To her, to the other party that we see, where she is just, totally off her face and kind of like I love this shot of her sort of sitting there chugging booze directly from the bottle kind of in this sort of dolly dress and Doc Martens and kind of literally picking out someone as her prey yes like licking her lips and like yeah. staring kind of just like intensely at the crowd I was like this is amazing I love her <laughs> <laughs> also just a note Vet school parties are absolutely insane. I mean, I never thought they partied that hard. So <laughs> I was just like, y'all are in vet school and you're having like raves in the basement near like mortuary, like the morgues. Like, uh, OK. 
so like I find this very interesting because like I mean you know we have this at least from my standpoint like our idea of university or college is very driven by American cinema but to see this kind of French university environment just the architecture of it the music the parties the hazing as well and the whole kind of first half of the film really is just about Justine getting acclimatized to college life what did you make of that whole environment it's so funny because it's so like so foreign to my experience like I didn't ever join a sorority I never was in any group where I got hazing so it was so intense to see that and also learn that it was a tradition like her Mm. parents went through it and like you're expected to get doused in blood and go to parties half naked and eat rabbit kidneys but what is really interesting is like how they put that in conversation Mm. with her being a veterinarian which is like seems like such a serious kind of intense occupation there's the word occupation Mm -hmm. and so you kind of don't really expect veterinarians to be like party people and we also don't see vet schools a lot in cinema so it's really interesting especially like putting her hunger for meat and her being a predator in contrast with like the horse running and like the cow Mm -hmm. dissection and the dog dissection like it was kind of genius that it's set in a vet school and it has these like really awesome visuals of her opening bodies in a medical way versus mm-hmm. her ripping apart bodies in a food way. And so I loved that part, that portion of it, but mostly the hazing is terrible. And I just was loving the fact that like they're going to class covered in blood and the professors are like, mm-hmm, that's <laughs> what it is. You get covered in blood and you have to be hazed the whole time and you have to keep mm-hmm. your eyes down. I'm like, what the hell? Is this a cult? <laughs> it's got big cult vibes, to be honest. It's like... got cult energy. It's really got <laughs> cult energy. And what do you think about um, her relationship with her sister, which is which is an odd one because like they're almost separated by the fact that Justine is sort of you know a freshman and subject to all of this hazing traditions and her sister is already kind of past that and she's the one doing the hazing so there's like always a power dynamic going on between them isn't there yes I was really interested in that this time watching because I don't have any sisters, so I'm not really sure about that relationship. But what I've seen with, like, my mom and her sisters is there is that kind of antagonistic relationship where you, like, really are mad at each other and then really love each other, which is at play here, but to an extreme because they discover that they are both have these, like, cannibalistic desires. Mm-hmm. And it's – her sister wields that over her, though. And I think that is, like, a really interesting portion of the film that I haven't thought about in terms mm-hmm. of her sister – wielding the knowledge of cannibalism over her and like Mm -hmm. especially that video towards the end where she's making her sister sister try to bite that corpse Mm -hmm. and it's like she wields this knowledge over her sister and manipulates her especially and then again with um the roommate and how she really is now it's like she's playing with her mind and playing with the idea like oh we're both cannibals so we can play these really fucked up mind games with each Mm other and it's bizarre and uncomfortable, but I think it's also a really interesting, like, look at the like, an extreme look at female dynamics, mm-hmm. um, especially like sister dynamics. And what do you make of Alexia? She's so interesting, and I think sometimes 
like I've wa- I've maybe watched this film like um three or four times now, and the more I watch it, the more she becomes so interesting. But it's kind of a little bit in the background always, even before we really know what's going on. Yeah, I I want more about her. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think she, especially because she's put in contrast with Justine, where she's mm-hmm. so confident mm-hmm. and like kind of so invested in kind of like accepting of her own cannibalistic desires that I think is so fascinating. And like, did she go through a transformation like Justine? She was all by herself. Like she came into her identity as this cannibal alone, I'm assuming. And so like, what did that look like? And there's so many questions that I have about her because she obviously has to kind of accept it and embrace this Mm -hmm desire for flesh and for blood and she lets it kind of make her even like crazier even more wild and i think that's really really awesome in seeing this tension between her accepting this bloodlust which Mm -hmm. is versus justine kind of resisting it a little bit Mm -hmm. and i think she is such a fascinating character and i would love to know more about her especially because at the end like when she's in prison for killing that guy they like show each other like oh you bit off my finger or you ate my finger oh you bit my face and they like kiss through the glass and it's so interesting like i'm still trying to parse out my thoughts on that but like no matter what like they know it's just like kind of like their their other nature and they don't hold it against each other Mm. which is fascinating i mean their relationships with their bodies and with each other's bodies is so It's so interesting because it's both so aggressive and so tender. Yes. There's a couple of scenes that really stood out to me that I'd love to hear your thoughts about. I mean, the the finger eating scene, we'll get to this, but (laughs) that's like a whole, like a whole 20 minute segment in itself. itself. Um, But there's like the waxing scene where Alexia like waxes uh, Justine's bikini line. And then the scene where Justine is like washing the blood off of her in the shower um, when she's sort of like gone on like, I don't know, a cannibal trance and eaten Justine's roommate. So what do you make kind of about the way that they relate to each other physically? The other scene that sticks out to me is when they're on the the roof and like they're peeing together on the roof. (laughs) Like... For some reason, that stuck out to me at the time as such a sweet and tender moment that, like, kind of makes you think, like, what would ha- what would their relationship be like if there wasn't this, you know, cannibal aspect to the relationship? But I also think, like, the relationship with their bodies, like, they're very comfortable around each other. And I kind of like that because I feel like, again, in a lot of movies and horror movies, it's a lot about women being uncomfortable with their bodies and trying to come to terms with that. But there already is that comfort, at least with each other. And, like... Yeah, Justine doesn't want to get her bikini line her bikini line waxed, but like it's not because she's uncomfortable around her sister. She doesn't want the pain, and it, it's almost like bodies are just meat to them. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I think they just see their bodies as 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 like not just a, not a food source. They don't need each other, but like mm-hmm. they're just like these kind of corporeal forms that exist, and because they're now consuming that flesh i feel like they're maybe a little bit disconnected from like the intimacy of the body so let's 
Well, let's talk about the finger scene. Oh my god, top ten moment in cinema of all time. <laughs> Do you remember your thought when you first saw this scene? So this was the first time I'd ever really seen cannibalism on screen. And so I was, and also, to be fair, I was also expecting something repulsive because like, oh. all of the hype was like, people were passing out and throwing up and it was so gross. And yeah. I remember seeing it and being like, it's not that gross. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what that, that, I don't know what that says about me as a person, mm. but I didn't think it was that gross. I almost thought it was like beautiful Mm. and I feel that even more this time because I feel like you know there's this kind of beautiful swell of music as she's looking at Mm -hmm. the finger and I think I mentioned this earlier but like it's it's almost like the moment when she has sex for the first time but Mm -hmm. like it's that's the moment she has sex for the first time like eating this finger and like accepting who she is and just kind of giving into her more like feral side Mm -hmm. and she just relishes in eating the finger and she like moans and it's just and put in contrast with the scene when she actually has sex it's just like I feel like this is much more tender and kind of again making it beautiful when something so gross shouldn't be and I think Mm -hmm. that's what I love about this film is that there's like a beauty to the grotesque and there's a care for the grotesque and it's Mm -hmm. not just there for shock value but there to kind of make you think about that relationship between like women and cannibalism and blood Mm. and bodies and like especially this moment with her eating the finger and then her sister wakes up (laughs) i mean it's just glorious like like you mentioned top 10 scenes in horror film history and you're right it does it does feel like a sex scene almost exactly like you mentioned and it's interesting because when she does actually have sex with adrian it feels so uncomfortable and sort of odd and everything doesn't quite really fit. And he's kind of like, what are you doing? It felt like the sex scene between Carl McLaughlin and like um, Elizabeth Berkeley in Showgirls, where she's just sort of thrashing around and it's like, what is going on? And the, she only really kind of sort of gets any satisfaction when she um, bites herself yeah. and draws blood. And kind of then sort of calms down with the thrashing. But I wonder as well kind of what you think about... Because you mentioned kind of the the way that this film sort of reflects on women and bodies and blood and kind of all of these disgusting but disgusting good stuff that women just have to deal with on a daily basis that somehow never really end up on screen or haven't really ended up on screen until quite recently and somehow seem radical even though they're very everyday (laughs) they're like you know that's our everyday life whatever yeah so um what do you think kind of about the way that this film really shows all the bodily stuff well, I think one of the things about that sex scene that I really enjoy is they don't make it this like tender moment like, oh, my God, she's losing her virginity. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's a life changing moment because they do that with the finger. And mm-hmm. so it's like this really intense sexual experience that like sometimes like when you have sex for the first time, it's not like this beautiful, tender moment. Like it's weird. Mm-hmm. And I like how it le- like leans into that weirdness and that strangeness and how it doesn't always look the way films want it to look Mm -hmm. as this like special moment in a girl's life but also I feel like it really focuses on her body it's not this like romantic coupling of two souls but it's like her like 
you seeing her desire Mm -hmm. come out as hunger for flesh and how like her you know she's always hungry for flesh but when Mm -hmm. she's having sex especially in this kind of heightened state that's when she wants it the most Mm -hmm. and focusing on her like biting her own arm and almost looking like she's orgasming when she's eating her own arm it's just like this really interesting kind of like convergence of sex and bodily autonomy in a strange way (laughs) if that makes sense um in a way that i feel like most sex scenes especially with college students isn't shown and i think i really appreciate the fact that it focuses on sex as something that isn't always like pretty Mm -hmm. and sex also can be really intense like that and all but also like women can have can consensually have that kind of sex. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I feel like in a lot of movies, it's either like slow, beautiful sex or assault. And yeah. I feel like this tries to go in the middle, like, hey, women can have like really intense sex and it's a consensual experience. And I, again, like, I think that's a really interesting addition to the film. And how do you think kind of this um, hunger, what do you think about the way that this hunger manifests itself on Justine's body? Because it first starts off as sort of like, a, you know, the from the moment she first tastes meat, um, it manifests as like a rash and then this sort of lust and then this kind of uncontrollable um, physical hunger for something that she can't quite really place at the beginning. And then, you know, kind of a combination of the two and then this intense aggression. Yeah. So I think the rash part was a little bit weird to me. I'm still trying to kind of, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts about the rash because that was the one I was trying to like suss out. And I remember when I first saw it, I didn't understand the hairball she throws up. But then I made a connection this time watching it. And I'm not sure if it's completely out of left field, but when she's talking to that professor, she's chewing on her hair. Mm -hmm. And I wonder like if her hair and these like parts of her body that aren't technically meat but are consumable mm-hmm. are like the first things she eats mm-hmm. and the first things that she kind of uses to test the waters and then she's throwing that all up and i know it's only one scene but it mm-hmm. kind of made it's a kind of an interesting introduction to that progression from the rash mm-hmm. to eating her own hair like a pica situation to realizing she wants to eat meat so i think that's a really cool way to try to tr- move from the the rash to eating people cuz i feel like that's a big it seems like kind of a big jump to go from <laughs> this crazy rash to eating someone's leg Mm -hmm. so i think that this hunger it can i mean i think it's often seen as like an allegory to female desire and like you know you're you're growing up Mm -hmm. you're understanding your body more and you want to like consume as much as possible especially in college when you can party and you can have sex with whoever you want and I think that's personified through this hung this her hunger, but I also don't think I think it's more than just like a young woman having a sexual awakening and like becoming a woman. I think it's also about a woman coming to terms with her own body and accepting mm. it and being more than just the stereotypical woman, but really embracing something different about herself. And I think mm-hmm. that also wor- like works in contrast with how her mother handles it. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. we're assuming correct that her mother has the same yes. condition, affliction. I don't know what we want to call it. Mm-hmm. And one, tell your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Communication people. 
It's very important. Please tell your kid that they're going to become a cannibal. Like, I feel like that's really important information to give your child. Um, like, don't eat meat or you will become a cannibal. Yes. Like, important. But it's like there's this shame associated with it with her mm. mom. Mm. And I think her and her sister are not as ashamed or learn not to be as ashamed of it, I think. Mm. It's... um. You bring up really interesting points, and like as I was rewatching it just as we um before we we got on to record, um I like the 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 kind of hairball thing that she goes through is interesting because it's sort of like a compulsive thing that you can see that she's doing when she's sort of nervous or almost yeah. absentmindedly, like she's sort of gnawing at her own hair, like chewing her hair, not like eating it, but sort of like sucking on it. And yeah, because I used to do that when I was younger and I was nervous. I would chew on yeah. my hair. Yeah, like a lot of people do that. And it's like, it's almost yeah. like, like, you know, everyone who sort of has um, anxiety and some to one degree or another kind of has these like, things that sometimes kind of like manifest on your body and kind of chewing or eating hair is a very very common thing so like yeah. that hairball like hairball hair she's not a cat like <laughs> <laughs> that like hair vomiting scene um I think it's like really telling to a point where like she's she's sort of trying to push down these natural for her impulses and covering them up with whatever whatever kind of um, little tick that she has grown accustomed to, to cover that up. Be that eating hair mm. or like, you know, chewing on her fingernails, which I don't think we see in the film. But, you know, like I chew my own fingernails all the time. Oh, well, Alexia chews her fingernails. Yes, exactly. So it's like always like almost consuming a part of themselves to kind of like yeah. as a as a snack. <laughs> The just a snack, just a little snack. <laughs> like in the context of cannibals, I'm like, man, it's a little, like a little peanut, <laughs> <laughs> like granola bar. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the other, the other thing with the rash, I was like, I was thinking a lot about trouble every day, mm-hmm. which we were talking about before we started recording, and like this idea of almost like if she doesn't, like if she doesn't try flesh she doesn't know the hunger so like she's fine eating veggie food but once she's tasted it it's almost like an allergic reaction that can yeah. only be satiated with um with more meat and it kind of reminded me as well of jennifer's body of this idea of like she's oh. great when she's full but then as with with food the your energy kind of starts getting depleted and you get hungry you get weak there's obviously um like physical effects associated with um with um overeating or with um under eating or with not getting enough nutrients or whatever so it's like i read it as kind of this physical reaction to essentially her diet not being the right one for her particular constitution oh that makes a lot of sense. I also, this is like very metaphorical, but I thought of it as like shedding a skin oh. <laughs> and like coming into her new body in a oh way. Oh my God. Like her own, like her old, because it's her whole body. So it's like she's shedding this like kind of young, innocent, pure, in scare quotes, form and like yeah. becoming and getting a really like a whole new skin, a whole mm. new body that she can use for her own like you know for her own nutritional purposes <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
I love that. I love that reading. Yeah, I just thought of it because I was thinking about as you were talking, and I was like, mm. wait, that's so interesting. Like, she's a predator, and I know that a lot of animals don't, like mammals don't, but like predator reptile shed yeah. and it could be this like interesting shedding of skin as she gets ready to like start a new phase in her almost like a or a chrysalis like a butterfly totally. like removing herself from that kind of pupa state and embracing her new form and there's also that amazing scene that i wanted to talk to you about which is um where she is sort of singing and looking at herself in the mirror yes with the french wrap yeah which is also kind of part of that shedding of her um, chaste um, kind of nice image where she's sort of like, I mean, there's no better expression for it. It's like she's sort of feeling herself in the mirror. She is. And like she's getting nasty in like a yeah. hot way. Like she's like looking at herself and being like, and like, I, oh my God, I love a good scene where a woman smears lipstick on her face. I, it's just like so cool. So like when she puts the lipstick on kind of messily and starts kissing herself and licking her lips and then smearing it all over her face. And it's just like, she's embracing that new side of herself that's just like ready to come out. And she's just, instead of being nervous about it, she's just like feeling it and listening mm-hmm. to this music in her own world and mm-hmm. just like really understanding herself for the first time, I think. Totally. And also, like, the, the lyrics are, are insane. I was just about to bring them up. The lyrics for for anyone who, like, I really recommend people, if you don't, um, if they weren't subtitled for some reason, or if you don't understand French, just Google the lyrics for the song, because they are hardcore. <laughs> I love that. And I think that's important. I feel like having that kind of hardcore rap song mm. by a woman mm-hmm. is just so important, because, again, it's like... She's no longer a little girl who has, like, all the cute pictures on her wall. Mm -hmm. Like, she is just, like, ready to go. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And it's, like, it kind of takes that place of, like, the getting ready scene. Yay, curling our hair and, like, getting prepared for a date. And it's just, like, Mm -hmm. her by herself, like, looking in a mirror and making out with herself. And I just think that's hot as hell. (laughs) 100%. And on that note... What do you make of her friendship slash kind of sort of kind of sexual relationship with Adrian, her roommate? That one is the, like, it is confusing, mm. but I think purposefully so because it, I don't, I don't like, I just, I feel like there's a bisexuality element here and I know that he, he says that he's gay and mm-hmm. Like, obviously, if that's his identity, that's awesome. But there's a weird bisexual aspect to it that I think is important in this this way of talking about bodies where I know he's kind of a side character, but he also seems to be having some struggles with his body and understanding his own desire and what he likes and what he wants because he also gets swept up in this weird love triangle between her and her sister and he kind of becomes bait. Like, literally bait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. her sister's like, oh, okay, she likes this guy. Like, I'm going to dangle him in front of her. And that also works even more because they have a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, and especially because, like, when she talks about having sex with him, he gets so mad and kicks a chair. And it feels like there's a lot of frustration and mm-hmm. confusion in his own body about his sexuality. And I think it's not got it isn't gone into a ton in the movie, but I think it's, like, a really crucial point about... Again, coming to terms with your own identity and who you are in not so extreme of terms, like mm-hmm. eating people. 
you know, I sort of flippantly referred to it compared it to Showgirls before, but there are <laughs> there are a few moments in in theirs in her sex scene with Adrian where he tells her to stop and she doesn't stop. Yeah, which that was like a I yeah I that was a pretty eh, moment. <laughs> Which, again, also I think kind of important to know, mostly we see consent not being respected when it's um, men not respecting women's consent or or taking away of consent. But it's very rare that we see it in the opposite sense. And obviously Mm -hmm. this is very heightened, but I think nonetheless it's valuable to bring it up. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think so too. Um. I noticed that as well, like, especially because she was trying to bite him and be Mm. really rough. And he's like, you got to stop. And, you know, she doesn't, which I think, you know, on one hand shows her like uncontrollable Mm. hunger. But I also think it's important to talk about it in terms of being like a salty and like how she is just forgetting how to be a human being entirely and not being respectful and Mm. only wanting what she wants. Like she only wants to consume. Mm. So ignoring his his idea of consent. And there's mm. actually a really cool movie, not cool, but a really interesting film that's came out during TIFF called Violation mm-hmm. that also kind of deals with like the weird gray area of like consensual but not consensual and women not listening to no. And I think that's a really important topic that needs to be explored more mm-hmm. in rape revenge films and in, in, in films in general because Yes, you know, there's a lot, there's a big focus on women who have been assaulted, but men are just assaulted often as well. And I feel like there's not, it's such a taboo talking about that and not wanting to address it. And I think it's important to really, like you said, bring this up and like illuminate that these things in cinema, like it's not just a guy being scared of her. It's a guy saying no and having that consent revoked. Hmm. It's interesting, I think, as well, to think about it in comparison with Trouble Every Day, um, just because Justine does in this scene, sort of like we were talking about before, she sort of calms down once she bites herself. But yeah. she doesn't bite him, even though she try- she kind of tries, um, but she never really quite gets at him. And I think about Corey in Trouble Every Day, and Corey is Beatrice Dahl's character, who sort of lures men in with the the idea of sex but definitely doesn't stop like she fully well you know there's no way to mince words around it like she fully like eats them um (laughs) after she has sex (laughs) with them so it's like this interesting top like this interesting point about restraint and how much justine is able to restrain herself even as she's discovering and embracing the whole of herself yeah i agree and especially like that connects really well to the ending which annoyed me when he's like honey you'll figure out your own way to deal with it mm. and i was like one are you fucking kidding me <laughs> like you're just gonna let your daughter figure out on her own but it sounds it feels like she already is kind of developing these coping strategies mm-hmm. and like she's not seen like her sister going on like a like kind of almost like a dissociative rampage mm of eating and so it seems like this movie is about her also learning the control learning her limits and figuring out the boundaries of who she can be as a person and that is gets obviously pretty icky in (laughs) multiple ways Mm -hmm. but it is interesting to see like that testing of boundaries so what do you think about um well the double ending let's talk about the first ending first 
which is where um, Alexia ends up in prison. Justine gets sent back home because Alexia has murdered and eaten Adrian. That's the first ending. <laughs> you know, casual. <laughs> It seems like the more conventional ending, but in a way, but instead of it being like, ew, her sister's gross, it's like they still love each other. And like they, the bite mark on Justine's face, Alexia missing a finger, like they press it up against the glass and still love each other. And it's like they know that it wasn't on purpose. They know it was something out of their control. And there's this bonding moment where they know each other really well and they themselves can have these experiences and understand each other and not judge each other. Hmm. Which which is interesting in the tension of her going to prison. Because um, I was like, oh, okay. But I, I guess that makes sense. But yeah, that was interesting um, to kind of think about how their relationship sort of like culminates in that moment. And then what about the, <laughs> the surprise ending? The, the surprise second ending where the father reveals that actually... It's a hereditary thing. Well, one, love it. <laughs> one, absolutely love it's hereditary. Two, mad that the... Like, there's this movie called When Animals Dream, and it's a werewolf movie. And in this movie, lycanthropy is hereditary, and it's a very good movie. But again, it's not revealed to the child that it is a hereditary thing. And talk about, like violating consent or like not telling people what they need to know like mm -hmm. you're leaving your young daughter to go to vet school and she you know exactly what she's going to experience mm -hmm. like you had to eat the organs too you had to eat meat and yeah your daughter you've you know kept your daughter from eating meat forever but now you can't again there's a control thing there like her mom has always been in control of her diet and who mm -hmm. she is mm -hmm. to keep her from this transformation but it's almost like she, I don't know I'm reading too much into it, but it feels like she lets her go and is like, all right, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's almost like, okay, like, hopefully she'll take these lessons, but I know what's going to happen with hazing. I know what the possibilities are. But instead of, but she doesn't prepare her. And the dad is just like, yeah, you'll figure it out. <laughs> with a dramatic reveal of oh, like, chest covered in scars. Scar it's like, chest. this is, uh... That's what I've been dealing with, honey. <laughs> My whole life, just covered in bite marks. And it's like, I guess it's supposed to be hopeful, like you can find someone, but at the same mm -hmm. time, it's like, I guess it kind of translates like, oh, you're on your own. Like you are now a woman and you must like go through these experiences by yourself. And it like taps into this weird sort of, we tried one way with your sister and then we tried another way with you and both of those ways failed, but actually yours failed the least. So you can find, and he tells it like the last line is you'll, be, you'll find a cure. Yeah, sure. Thanks dad. Like, <laughs> okay, I'll cure my own cannibalism, even though I have no idea where it came from and like have no concept of why. And also, cool, my sister has it. So can we talk about that? Like, at all? I mean, And the I, mom is just it's like, you can't leave the table until you eat your vegetables, which is the funniest thing. I'm like, she's, a, she's an adult. She's <laughs> like, an adult cannibal. She will eat yeah. whatever the fuck she wants to eat. I'm a grown-up cannibal, and I can eat whoever I want. <laughs> oh, that should go in a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I want it so bad, and everyone will think I'm nuts. I'm so excited. Um, but I find like I've never really thought about it until a conversation now that like the mom is so interesting because 
she's very absent, but also clearly is the person with probably the most knowledge about all of this. Well, yeah, and she has, it explains why she gets so pissed off about the little bit of meat in her mashed potatoes. Mm, she's yeah. like, what if you've been allergic? And I'm like, ooh, maybe she is. But I'm also would like, love to be like know more about the mom and how, mm-hmm. like, okay, she's a vegetarian. Like, how does that manifest? Like, is that why she bites the husband so much? Like, is becoming a vegetarian, like, restricting herself and, like, she can't, like, she's so, I don't know. Like, what are the symptoms of her not being able to eat people? I mean, I want to know all of that, and I want to know all of that in the form of a prequel to yes. Raw, which is all about the romance between the mother and the father, and, like, how they made it work, because that is a long-ass relationship. They've got two grown-up kids. But also, it's really weird, because she coerces him into the relationship. Well, this is, it. like, the way... I mean, this, again, this is so much reading into a literally... <laughs> three minute scene but i know (laughs) i love raw guys we love it we can't help it (laughs) there's a lot in this like this scene like i remember gasping when i first saw it and it's still sort of like i know it's coming but it still catches me a little bit of guard because he literally pulls a rug out from under the entire film in about three minutes he says he goes on this whole thing of like oh your mother was friend zoning me and then you know because um, Lauren Lucas has like this scar in his lip. It's like, and then we had our first kiss. And then I found out she wasn't really friends with him. Surprise, she's a cannibal. But, you know, we've dealt with it. I was like, uh, there is a lot there. There is a lot. <laughs> we've How- dealt with it. Can you give me some more information, like a toolkit or a guidebook? Like, can we get some work? guidance here? Is like- it like a once a month type thing where it's like, well, now <laughs> like, I guess. Is this a, a period <laughs> allegory? Like, what is happening? Is it like a only in special occasion- occasions, your birthday, my birthday, our anniversary type thing? Like, what's, <laughs> I want to know the rules of this relationship. How do you make it work? Because that is a lot of scar tissue. Yes. And I kind like, how does no one know? Like, does your doctor know? Whatever. I think what's really interesting and, like, as much as I want to know, I love that you don't learn anything mm. at the same time because, like, you are with Justine. Like, you are wading your way through this confusing yeah. hunger with her. And then you're just kind of left to be like, oh, shit. Like, what does the future hold for her? And I love mm. that. Um, as much as I want more information, I do kind of love that. We are on her journey. We don't know anything more than she does. Like, we are just experiencing that mm. with her and just, like, trying to piece together what it means now to be mm. a human that likes to eat humans. <laughs> also would like that on a t-shirt. <laughs> What's it like to be a human who eats humans? <laughs> you know. So, I mean, you mentioned in the screening when you first went to see it, someone walked out in the finger scene and kind of a lot of the hype around this film when it was first out after it uh, premiered at Cannes and it was at TIFF and a whole bunch of other festivals um, was the fact that, you know, it had this physical reaction. The people were so disturbed or disgusted by the film that they were walking out or fainting. Um, I mean... Judging by our conversation over the last 40 minutes, we're not those people. But no. <laughs> not what do you what do you think about Raw kind of really shocked people? Well, I mean, besides the fact that a woman eats a finger on screen, I think it's the fact that 
cannibalism isn't demonized in this movie. I think it's portrayed as something ugly and as something that's like scary, but it's not portrayed. Like I feel like a lot of the time, like in movies like Cannibal Holocaust and a lot of exploitation films, it's like cannibals are people who live in like a forest and who are not civilized, which is a problematic thing. Mm -hmm. And so this is turning cannibalism into something more relatable and to something close to home. And I think that probably shocked a lot of people. And I think it shocked them to have that tenderness with the finger scene. I think the director just leaned so much into biting and tearing and consuming flesh. Mm. And I think she was unabashedly looking at what that looks like. And I think that probably took people for a loop, especially because it's a young girl, like a... Yeah, freshman in college. So that's what I think. I think the fact that cannibalism is brought closer to home is probably pretty disturbing to a lot of people and not accustomed to that kind of thing, especially if you don't watch a lot of weird, gross cinema. It's probably pretty shocking. Mm. I love the idea of the idea of civilized cannibals to be the (laughs) the underlying shock factor of this film. Right. Just a civilized cannibal. (laughs) Also T-shirt. Yeah. Wow. So many, so many ideas. (laughs) And just to wrap up, really, kind of this whole series, we've been looking at um, kind of female monsters on screen from the very early, you know, companion monsters to the classic universal ones to um, new iterations and new takes on classic monsters and new creations. So where do you think the cannibal the cannibal girls of Raw sit within this pantheon of female screen monsters? Well, one, I love them. So like, this is going to be a very biased answer because <laughs> I think female cannibals are amazing. And I think they're really important because I think that they are representative of a, cha- a-, a shifting in the cultural consciousness where monstrosity in women does not mean you're a villain. That yes. rhymed. <laughs> monstrosity in women doesn't mean you're a villain. Um, but it's something complicated. And I think that is really the crux of this movie and the crux of like female horror cinema in the past decade or so is that women are allowed to be complicated and weird and gross and sympathetic all at the same time. And this movie, I think, really is a shining example of that, of making something like cannibalism a nuanced topic and letting someone be gross and rabid and kind of feral, but also seeing her as a person. And this monstrosity isn't, it's not as otherized. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I said, it's like a civilized cannibal. It's not as outside of our like purview as it could be. And I think that is something that we need more of in cinema. And I think mm-hmm. there is a lot more of that coming of women being like women not even giving getting permission like women just taking what they want in terms of grotesquery and I just feel like they're like near the top of like finally women becoming appreciated as more than just like fainting women or like mean vampires or villains they're really just something really complicated and amazing and nasty I love that that is such a wonderful note to end (laughs) on Mary Beth thank you so much for all of your time and your amazing inside and where can people find out more about your work online so thank you for having me i was so stoked to talk about raw and talk about cannibals i love it um <laughs> so you can find me on twitter at mb mcandrews i write for a plethora of places on the internet so you can follow me there i also co-host a podcast called scarred for life where we talk to 
people in the horror community about the films that scared them as kids. So if you're looking for a cool podcast where we talk to cool people, that's another one you should check out.